Well, a good good morning to you, Covenant Network. The sun is starting to shine. It's creeping up over the horizon. It's Wednesday morning. It's October 20th. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And as my daughter Rebecca would say, that is the situation. That's the situation, Dad. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and for the, in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's, it's a good, good Wednesday morning to you. It's been a busy week so far. I don't know about you. I hope that it's been a good week for you so far. Last night we had... Uh, the, the second grade parents meeting, we have, a, we have a daughter in second grade this year preparing to make her first reconciliation and, uh, you know, it's the parent meeting, now the third one under our belt, right, to the point that, uh, you know, in a pinch, I think if, if, if needed, we, we could probably give the parent meeting, but it's still refreshing to hear. And I really appreciated last night uh, that father was talking about reconciliation, about repairing the relationship that he really got into with the parents the, the consequences of sin. And he said, you know, here's how we explain it to your children, because on their level, you know, um, do, you, do you really think that many children go around saying, I'd like to sever my relationship with God. I'm going to go commit a mortal sin so that I could sever my relationship with God. Probably not. That the, You know, hopefully the children aren't, aren't doing that. Um, but he said, you know, we explained to them, you know, you, you took, the remote when your brother wasn't looking because you wanted to be in control. And then he got upset and he blamed your other sister. And then he, he yelled at her and, and pushed her. And then your mom got upset and said, you can't push. You're in trouble. You go sit and time out. And then look at all the damage that's been done. He's upset because he didn't hide the remote. And he got upset with the sister who he thought hid the remote, and now their their relationship is damaged, and now he's mad at mom because mom put him in timeout, and mom's mad at him because he pushed the other sister, and it's all because you took the remote. You know, it's not bad that you wanted to watch one of your shows, but that's not the right way to go about it. And, and some some action like that, it causes harm. And that this is all about repairing the relationship, because in that, God is harmed. And... uh you know, I, I was thinking about this, and we might have to talk about this on a roadmap roundup coming up. That he, he was talking about this idea, talking about the idea that holiness and wholeness are so closely linked. You know that, and and I love this because Fulton Sheen was talking about this in, in one of the books I've been reading recently. That this idea of who we were created to be and who we actually are, and that the, the difference between who you know God's design for us and God's plan for us, and who we actually are. The, the, the chasm that exists between those two things is because of our sin, because God did not create man to be a sinner, but he gave us free will, which means that from time to time we're going to sin. We're going to damage the relationship, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. You know, maybe not with that intention, like, well, I'm going to go do something because I want to sever my relationship with God, but... To say, you know, I really, I know that this would sever my relationship with God, and it's not that I want to sever my relationship with God, but I do want this more right now, you know. 
Mortal sin, guilty. I'm, I'm guilty. I, I go, go to confession and sometimes I say, you know, Father, I've got a mortal sin on one occasion. It's important to do that, by the way. Um, but he, he kept talking about this. The, the, the more we become holy, the, the whole idea behind that is to become whole. You know, it's about getting back to what God created us to be. And he said, you know, ultimately, ultimately, we're not going to get there until God willing, God willing, we die and go to heaven. But it's not presumed we're going to go to heaven. It's not a guarantee we're going to go to heaven. You know, the actions we take today are going to have a large say in that. Are we going to be repentant? Are we going to be unrepentant? Um, anyway, it was just a beautiful evening. I, I love I love talking about so wonderful a sacrament, and I encourage you. You know, I want to encourage you. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you haven't been to confession in a while and you say, well, I don't know, I don't know that I want to go talk to a priest, I don't know that I want to share my sins with a priest or whatever. It's not about that. It's about getting restored in relationship with God. And it's, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you make a frequent confession, frequent confession, at least once a month, you're going to see that effect in your life. Maybe not immediately. Maybe not immediately. You know, I thought, well, one and done, I should see flourishing effects. Maybe not but you will see the effect in your life. We've got a lot to get to on today's show. We're going to be talking on the road with Father Peter Kosk, a priest of the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, um, about his vocation story. Also have a, a message about God's forbearance from Father Mark Goring. And then later on, we're going to talk about surrender with Sister Mary Carolyn. Uh, but first, before we do all that, let us go to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather. It'll be another warmer than normal day. The normal high is 68. Today we get to 75. With partly sunny skies, winds will be out of the south at 10 to 20, at times gusting to 25 miles an hour. And then this evening, a cool front arrives, producing scattered showers, a few thunderstorms, turning winds to the north and northwest, and bringing us a low tonight with a little more rain after midnight and a low of 52. Then on Thursday, variable clouds, breezy northwest winds, at times gusting to 30 to 35 miles an hour, and we'll have a high of around 62 on Thursday. Another cold front gets here Friday, a high around midday of 65 degrees. Then temperatures after the front passes by will fall into the mid-50s by late afternoon. We'll have fair skies on Friday. Then on Saturday, partly sunny. Scattered showers and storms are possible by afternoon with a high of around 60 to 62. Sunday, count on showers and thunderstorms with a high of 65. Today is the feast day of St. Maria Battilla Boscarden. Born in Italy in the late 19th century, her baptismal name was Anna Francesca. One of her priests saw holiness in Anna and suggested she give her life to the Lord, which she did at the age of 16, joining the Sisters of St. Dorothy of Vincenza, where she was given the name Maria Bartilla. In her second year, Maria was sent to Treviso to study nursing at the hospital run by the Sisters of St. Dorothy. Initially, she was assigned as a kitchen aide, but eventually she served in the children's ward with those who had diphtheria, those who were very ill and who had mental illnesses. Maria would go on to serve the whole hospital. During World War I, she was fearless in her care for patients in spite of the fact that the hospital was often the target of bombing. Maria had a great devotion to St. Therese of Lisieux's Little Way, which was a constant guide to her ministry. She developed an inoperable tumor and died on this day in 1922. Huge crowds attended her funeral, and after her death, many miracles were attributed to Maria, 
With numerous family members in attendance, she was beatified in 1952 and canonized in 1961. St. Maria Bartilla Boscarden, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Well, we are on the road to new places today, and today our adventures take us to Highland, Illinois, to St. Paul's Parish, where we're happy to be speaking with Father Peter Kosk. I met Father through one of our Covenant Network radiothons, and uh, he had a, a very interesting story to share with us, and so we thought we'd come talk a little bit more in depth about that. Father, thank you so much for having us here today. You're very welcome, and welcome at my parish here in Highland. It's very good to be here. Now, Highland is not your native home. You weren't born and raised here. No, I I wasn't born and raised here. I was born and raised in Poland. And I asked you one time, how did you come from Poland to Highland? (laughs) (laughs) And you remember exactly my answer, by plane, yes. That's a a very very good way. Well, you know, we, we all grow up with a calling, a vocation. God's calling us to do something. And uh, he's called you to be a priest, and, and praise God you answered yes and, and went to seminary and became a priest. And now you're a priest here at St. Paul in, in Highland. But I'm curious, how does a, a young boy from Poland end up uh, going into the priesthood and, and having an assignment in Highland, Illinois? Huh. I would like to know the answer, too. <laughs> but God has a plan for every one of us, and, and I think this is... Uh, plan for me to be here and it started when I was a young boy in elementary school when I become an altar boy so I served for many years at the parish church and and my parish church was a military parish because my dad was a soldier so we had like a military church military chaplain and I served to him and actually I was one of few altar servers just few altar servers yes and and then you know i was growing my faith and in the family and and try to always be close to god and and to the church and and i had great priests as examples for me and you know the vocation start to grow i i didn't think about priesthood like since second um junior in high school but my mom and my grandma used to always say that I will be a priest, and I just didn't believe them. I had different plans. I, I wanted to be a, a lawyer or a policeman. Or also, at the same time, I was also thinking about becoming a soldier, too, as my, my father was one. So in 2011, I was at the retreat with my friends, and... and I can say I heard the voice in my heart to become a priest, and and that was junior in high school, and and then I continued this this journey and and follow his voice. And in 2013, I entered the seminary in Warsaw, Poland, to become a chaplain in the army. And the same year, a bishop from Chicago came to to visit seminarians in Warsaw, and he invited us to come. And he said that there is. Um, great need for priests in United States and especially in Chicago and he was inviting us to come and I even didn't think about coming to United States at that time but you know this idea were like growing in me for three years yes in 2016 on the beginning of the year I 
I wrote an email to the rector at the Bishop Abramovich Seminary in Chicago, and and they were very happy to welcome me, and they accepted me. And in August 13, Friday, <laughs> 2016, I came to United States, and I've been in Mandalay Seminary for a year, then moved to Polish American Seminary in Orchard Lake, Michigan. And I've graduated from there, and and meantime, I found this diocese of Springfield in Illinois, and and Bishop accepted me, and, and, you know, everything works great. And last year, I become a a priest. Well, praise God for that. (laughs) So what was it about that invitation? You know, at first, did you say, oh, I think maybe I will go to Chicago? No, not so much. But later, something happened. What, what happened that made you say, I will contact the seminary in Chicago? My friend, Camille, came to Chicago a year before me to study to the CERM seminary or the, the ISC. And, and he said, look, it's, it's great. And I see that there is need for priests here and they will take care of you. And, and you can just come and, and study English and, and, you know, take some inculturation. And, and you will do great. And actually, I listened to him, and and I came, you know, after much prayers and and adoration. Yes, I discerned that maybe that's my way. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, and and I was sure, like after a year, after I came, and I even had thoughts to come back to Poland to the seminary to finish there, but because of different circumstances and events. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just stick to 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 this, and here I am. <laughs> we we often hear that following the Lord's call is going to involve sacrifice, and that it's worth the sacrifice. But sometimes that can be very difficult to do. Do you ever find yourself missing your home in Poland, missing your family in Poland? I do, of course. Especially now because of pandemic, I I wasn't home for more than two years so you know i miss paul and i miss my my family i didn't have my first mass thanksgiving mass after my ordination at my home parish and and my mom didn't see me for a long time now i i i really wish to to come home soon for vacation so you've you've been very generous then in your yes to be here and and to give up some of those things your first mass at your home parish your mother seeing you being away from family and friends i often think of a priest here who was vocation director at the time i was discerning who said don't forget god is never outdone in generosity if we give to him he'll give back to us now he wasn't talking about cash money he was talking about (laughs) blessing uh, in, in many different forms. What are some of the blessings you've received from this yes to come to the United States, to come here to Highland, Illinois? I think first thing, which like, it's obvious, I, I learn English. And then through this, I met so many great people. And I can say I have few Americans' moms here <laughs> in states, which like they were taking care of me or or cooking for me and something like that. And I think people the most. I I see that they they love their priests, they support them, and and they are so grateful that they have a priest in the parish, because they see that you know in some dioceses they connect churches together because there is no priest to take over and. And I think that's 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 my 
best blessing is to be a, around great people who truly I see that I am blessing for them. I'm thinking back to last summer when you were ordained. I remember that there were two ordination masses for the Diocese of Springfield, one in May, one in June. And uh, Bishop Paprocki, you talk about learning to speak English here, but he was very kind to do some of the mass in Polish as well for you and your brother priest that was ordained. Yes. You know, Bishop Paprocki is 100% Polish, even though he wasn't born in Poland. He was born in Chicago, but like his grandparents were Polish and and yeah so he's 100% Polish and and that was also one thing that I chose this diocese because I knew that he would be good for, for me and yes we had two different ordinations because there was eight of us and me and my fellow deacon at this time we needed to to figure out the documents with immigration and all of that and the time was crucial so the diocese decided to do like our ordination first to make this straight and and it was great because bishop gave homily in polish some some parts in polish and our family back in poland they were able to to see it online even though in the cathedral there was 10 people including me and my my brother, uh, deacon, and all the priests, just 10 people. And, you know, expectation was to have a few hundred people out there. But I can say that that was also a blessing that I was able to focus on on the ordination of, of becoming a priest and, and not worried, I don't know, what I'm going to do after or where is the reception and all of that. So I've, I see this as my spiritual growth and and yes it was beautiful when we think about vocations to the priesthood and the religious life uh, many times one of the hesitancies we hear is well i don't know that i want to say yes to that because what if they send me far away you know i i won't be in control of where i go or of my future and and especially many parents are uh, reluctant to say, yes, Lord, take my children far, far away from me. And, and yet sometimes that's the way the Lord works. What would you say to anyone who's discerning a vocation right now who might be having some pause because they, they might be nervous that God could call them to go far away? I think I am a good example of that because that's 7,000 miles from my, my country, my home, my my first seminarian and don't worry about that truly because God will take care of you, your bishop or vocation director and, and people around you. So you will always have something to to be with you and to help you and to help you to discern and, and help to, to grow spiritually, of course. And, you know, we live in 21st century and, and we can contact whoever around the world and like in any time. So it's it's easy and it's easy to also travel. Maybe not now with pandemic, but it used to be. So those are the things which can help. And now in the church, in the liturgy, we have the reading from the book of Jonah and, and he's, he's escaping from God and he's going to Tarshish, which is... A uh, very long distance from where he was, and and he is discerning how to be a prophet, how to proclaim God's words, even escaping from God, and and finally, God is uh, 
always with him and and he discovered that he has to follow his voice always and and go to this place when when he calls him and and maybe your call is to be i don't know priest in alaska or somewhere else and and he will provide and, and he will do everything for you that that you can uh, serve others if you if you wish to so and never be afraid of that because <laughs> i was afraid we are afraid but you know when it comes to those decisions and and when you have to start to work or study you are going into this new schedule of your day and 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 all of that so so that's those things are helpful and always trust that god has a better plan than we have i i think of another young polish priest who said yes to the lord and then went on to visit many countries all over the world telling us all to be not afraid and, and that of course was carol Wojtyła, who became pope saint john paul ii um, a, a great example for us in our lifetime father i want to thank you for sharing your story with us today i wonder if you could close this time with a prayer for vocations for those who might be discerning okay almighty god we are asking you to be among all of us and especially those who discern for this beautiful service of others as as you're giving us always vocation to to do something in your name and and the vocation to priesthood is it's a beautiful vocation of giving yourself to others and and we ask you to be among those who discern religious life or the diocesan priesthood that you can always give us a way and your guidance and that those who discern those young or maybe older can always see that that you are in charge and and you give power and strength to to do great works in the world and you are the one who gave us example of of giving yourselves to others and may those who want to sacrifice themselves to others say the mass for for others in your name be in a big number because you are great and you are taking care of his people your church amen amen friends you're listening to roadmap to heaven we will be back right after this If you listen to the show regularly, you know that one of the things we like to talk about from time to time is vocations. And a question you've heard me pose before, and I will pose again, is, okay, Lord, you've called me to this, but how are you calling me to live this today? I think it's always good to check in on our vocation and prayer with the Lord. Today, I want to talk about vocations and maybe a little different uh, angle. And not so much, Lord, what are you calling me to, but what do I do if what I want you to call me to is different than what you're actually calling me to. So we brought in a vocation director. Sister Mary Carolyn Nunes is here with us from the Franciscan Sisters of the Martyr St. George. Sister, good to see you today. Always great to be back, Adam. All right, so I'll preface this with a story. Some 15 years ago, I was doing music for the church. There were lots of great musicians here in town that were writing music. They were releasing CDs. They were having CD release parties. Everyone's like, oh, this is great. This is great music for the church, and I love this, and this is a great CD. And I kept saying, all right, I got to do this. I have to release the CD. I need to start writing music. It became very apparent to me that it would probably be a disservice to the church for me to start <laughs> writing music. Now, playing music, singing music, uh, helping put bands together, helping put choirs together— Right in my wheelhouse. 
Writing music, no. That, that, that's what we would call don't-go territory for Adam Wright. And it was so frustrating to me because I wanted to do what they were doing, and I was completely missing out until someone pointed it out to me later that I was actually serving a need in the church in my own way. It's just not the way that I wanted to be called to serve. Now, I would imagine as a vocation director, you have had women come to the community who just are 100%. I know I'm supposed to be a Franciscan sister of the martyr St. George, and through the discernment process, the community says, yeah, actually about that. Um, We're not so sure. How do we even begin to approach this when what we're so sure God's calling us to is not what he's calling us to, and it becomes more and more apparent, and then it becomes a matter of pride that I don't want to let go of my plan for God's plan? So I think we need to key in on the word want right there. I think a want and a desire are often mistaken for one another. Our wants tend to be what our humanity zeroes in on. And it's like, I want that, I want that. And then our eyes go right on that and we can't see anything else around it. Even if what's around it might actually be better or a better fit for us. A desire is something that resides very deeply within us. And I always say this because there's a lot of women who will say, well, I know that um, I just want to get married and have kids because I just know that I could never, you know, like give that up to be a sister. And I, I always say, Yeah, on a human level, you're right. You want to get married and have kids. On a human level, I wanted to get married and have kids. Wanted. But what happened was after you you settle down and allow yourself to sit in the silence, we actually can allow our deepest desires to the bubble to the surface, and we see that there might be a little bit of a, of a tension there, that what I want on the surface is actually different than what I want on the deeper level, because what I want on the deeper level is more in tune with the way that God made me. And this really gets to the heart of love the Lord your God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. If God is God, I am not God. Amen. You know, that, that, that's as simple as that. If God is God, Adam Wright is not God. And, and, and thank God that I am not God because the world would be in trouble. Um, and if I'm going to not be God, then I need to surrender to his will, even if it's not what I necessarily want. Well, I think to surrender has this connotation of like raising the white flag and be like, okay, God, you win. But surrender to me also, in some ways, is opening up your hands to let go of what I'm holding on to so that I can actually receive. And we talk about vocation. A vocation is a gift, and it's first and foremost received. It's God is the one who's calling, and it's the person who's the one who's receiving the call. It's not a taking a call or choosing a call. It's a receiving of a call. You can't receive something if your hands are full of other things. Indeed. I, I think back to that time, you know, going back to that example of when I wanted to be writing music and putting out CDs. And that there was a, a very clear need for ministry in some particular communities that I was invited to be part of. And the more time I spent with that, you know, just thinking, well, I'll do this until I can I can put out a CD or whatnot, um, the more and more I realized, well, I don't even have time to try and write some music. And I was starting to see the fruit of actually doing what, through invitation, God was calling me to do at the time. If, if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be where I am now. I would not have met my wife. I wouldn't be married to her and have the beautiful children that we have, and I wouldn't have made an impact on, on people that I never would have imagined. You know, that years later they come up to me and say, you remember that time on this retreat you, you came and you played and, and you sang this song? And uh, yeah, that, that, that changed a lot of stuff for me. And if I would have been focused on Adam Wright's songs, I probably wouldn't have played that song. Who knows? Um, that eventually I was graced to see the fruit of letting go and accepting what God was giving me. 
Yep. So receptivity is going to lead to a greater fruitfulness every single time. Um, I think about part of my own story. I was dating the guy that I thought was a perfect example of like, okay, if I was called to marriage and family life, this is the guy that I'm going to marry. And when that ended, uh, there was a lot of hurt that was there. But only years down the line did I see that what actually I experienced as hurt was in some ways the Lord protecting me from what would have been a deeper hurt if that relationship had gone any further. So that in that way becomes a gift that what I wanted, what I was grasping onto, I was not able to hold on to. And so then my hands had to be opened in a new way. And God was able to give me so, something so much greater and the fullness of life. Like the glory of God has made fully alive, not just existing. And I think sometimes when we settle for our wants, we're doing just that. We're settling for something that will never bring us the fullness of life that we're made for. You know, I think back to this time in college, there, there was a, a wonderful young woman, and we dated off and on over the course of several years. And finally, you know, it was like, I think round four of break up, get back together. One of our friends said, oh, you are so frustrating, both of you. What is going to be different this time than the last three times? <laughs> and then you're going to break up, and then I'm going to have to deal with her emotions, and then you're going to call me, and I'm going to have to deal with your emotions. Can't you see that you're not called to be with one another? Funny thing about that was that was finally the moment. It was the bell moment to say, you know what? She's right. Why do we keep trying to frustrate God's plan? As much as it was frustrating our friend, we were frustrating God's plan. I remember the day I called her in our friendship after that and said, I just want you to hear it from me first that, that Beth and I got engaged. And she said, that is so wonderful. Now you have to help me find someone. And sure enough, at our wedding reception, she met her husband, and they're now married (laughs) and have children. Because, again, we let go of what we were trying to hold on to to receive what God was trying to give us. My point is, sometimes it's hard, and that means prayer. Because when things get hard, we need to turn to our Lord Mm -hmm. in prayer. Yeah, just that invitation to surrender. I, I came across a couple of years ago the Surrender Novena. So it's a, a an Italian priest who's kind of a contemporary of Padre Pio, Don Rolindo Rotolo. Um, and he kind of composed this Surrender Novena. It's it's nine days, like little meditations, but at the heart of the Novena, even if you don't do the meditations, and I found myself praying the little invocation pretty much every day, at least once, if not 50 times. Uh, but the end of the little meditation is just, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. It's beautiful. It's simple. It's powerful. And it's really just revolutionized the way that I pray and being able to surrender more deeply and more fully to the Lord. I, it makes me think, uh, say, say that prayer one more time. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. It, it makes me think of one of my favorite stories that in the middle of the Second Vatican Council, uh, John the 23rd, <laughs> yeah. he was just tired, and it was time to go to bed. And he's like, all right, it's your church, Lord. You take care of it until morning. Amen. And uh, how often we are called to do that in our lives to just, you know. In fact, I've been reflecting upon this uh, a lot recently. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about this on the air, this idea that, that Pope Benedict brought to my attention in his homily on the wedding feast at Cana, that Mary never asks our Lord to do anything. She just says, Lord, this is the situation. And I've been making a very concentrated effort in my prayer to just say, Lord, here's the situation. Instead of me telling you what I think you should do, could you just tell me, you know, I, I, help me to know your will. That's what I want. I want to know your will so I can do that. Sister, could you close us with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift that it is to belong to you. We thank you that you have what we have not, that you are God and that we are not. And so we give you permission to reveal yourself more fully to us, to reveal your will more fully to us. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We are going to take a break, but we will be back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back after this.
You know, every Wednesday I start desiring for the weekend to be here. We're halfway through the week, and this week we're talking about Holy Desire with Patty Schneier, and it's time for another Daily Dose of Encouragement. Hello, Adam, and hello, listeners. As we are unpacking this week, we're on Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. We're unpacking this week about desire and holy desire. So we're talking about what do you do with these desires and how to make our desires good, true, and holy. Yesterday, I talked about food. Pay attention to what you're hungry for. Today, I want to talk about one of the another basic human desire we all have. It's the desire for union and communion. We're made for it. It's stamped in our very flesh. But pay attention to this desire and where it takes you. Again, your desires are going to take you either to become an idol of something or something becomes an idol in your life or make it an icon where it leads you to God. So we all know that love leads to union, to holy communion. We need to desire that in a holy way as we desire to be one with other people in our lives whether spiritually or physically, we also need to desire authentic love, authentic, all that is true, good, and beautiful. So again, today, maybe ask yourself, is my desire for union and communion with God, is that a good, holy, strong desire in my life? And if not, pray for that desire. And then look at your desire for union and communion with the people that you love in your life. In our physical relationship, husband and wife, is that authentic love? Is it a good, true, holy desire for the other, being a gift to the other? Pay attention to your desires today and let that be a part of your prayer, that all our desires would be lifted and and turned toward God. I'm going to make that my prayer today, especially, that my desires would be lifted and turned towards God. And it's a beautiful reminder for us that we can offer those things to Him each and every day. Patty Schneier, I cannot thank you enough for this daily dose of encouragement. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning, October 20th. And as we wrap up today, you know, the the big theme of the day is Lord, what are you calling me to? And hopefully we don't get in the way of that. And, uh, you know, we thank God for his mercy when when we do. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this last night as well. And I, I know I keep coming back to last night in our first reconciliation parent meeting. But, you know, it's been a while since I've shared this on the show with you. This practice of making a daily examination of conscience, right, has been so much of a game changer for me over the past several years. If we want to get better at something, and take the example of, of a sport or a dance. Um, you know, those of you that do gymnastics or, or maybe have kids that do gymnastics or, or whatever it is you're trying to perfect. When you're trying to get good at something, what is one of the keys? You have to repeat it. And then you have to look at what you're doing and say, well, where am I making my mistake? How could I be doing this better? You know, those of you that are uh, have ever been to the batting cage or to the driving range, you know this. Like I keep slicing the ball. Why? What am I doing wrong? It is the same way in life. By looking at my life every day, it's not just, well, you know, I lost my temper today with, with my wife. Well, why did I lose my temper and get upset and say, you know, something uncharitable towards her? What happened? What did I do? What did I fail to do? Sometimes it's big things, sometimes it's little things, but taking that time each and every day to do that, each and every day to say, all right, Adam, let's take a good hard look 
at, at the, the areas where you excelled and the areas where you fell short? And how can we approach things differently? Getting ahead of that in life has made so much of an impact. Now, it's not to say that I, I don't, you know, lose my temper a little bit and raise my voice and say, everybody, you need to do what you need to do right now. And why can't you clean? And this is it. I've asked 15 times, you know, and, and all of that. But it happens less frequently. You know, I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm still a work, on prog- work in progress. Someone asked recently, you know, how long are you a practicing Catholic? And the answer I heard was, until God willing, you're in heaven. Then you won't have to practice anymore because you'll be great at it, you know. Um, but that, that that's our daily life. So I want to encourage you two things. At lunchtime today, stop and do a little quick examine. What am I getting right? What am I getting wrong? Say a, a prayer of thanksgiving for what you're getting right and ask God for his help. Ask for grace in the areas where you're struggling. And then tonight, do an in-depth look. Um, it's not a required practice, but it's one I encourage. It also helps me get ready when I do need to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I've done a much more thorough examination of conscience for that if I'm doing one each and every night. And I'm a better person for it, thanks to God's grace, the sacraments, and, and most of all, um, his love for me. That's what we've got for you today. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank Father Peter Kosk for welcoming us to his parish in Highland, and Sister Mary Carolyn for being with us in the studio. Father Goring for sharing his words with us. I'll be back with you again on Friday morning. For the Roadmap Roundup, and don't forget to grow in holiness today, and that means prayer and one of the best ones out there, the rosary. Pray your rosary today. Have a blessed day.